A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I am glad that you've joined us on the program today. Yeah, I know we're not even done with the last election yet. Still have recounts going on, still have uh, court challenges taking place. But on today's program, we are going to look ahead to an upcoming election that is going to be critically important uh, for gun owners, not just in the state of Georgia, but gun owners all around the country. Talking about the uh, runoff elections in Georgia for not one, but two U.S. Senate seats. And Chuck Schumer, right now the Senate Minority Leader, He's saying if Democrats win those races, quote, we change America. Now, keep in mind, right now it looks like if Democrats were to win both of those seats in Georgia, we would have a 50-50 split in the U.S. Senate. Now, how on earth can you change America with a 50-50 split? Well, you'd have Vice President-elect Kamala Harris serving as the president of the Senate casting tie-breaking votes. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think it's an absolutely idiotic idea that on a 51 to 50 vote, you would do things like, you know, nuke the filibuster, remove cloture, pack the Supreme Court, start uh, uh, working on Joe Biden's so-called gun ban and buyback of uh, semi-automatic firearms. I think that would be an absolutely disastrous political move. But Chuck Schumer is saying that's what they're going to do if they win both of these races down in Georgia. Yeah. With Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote, they would, again, undertake these draconian steps. Um, I, I, I think it's ludicrous, but that's what they're saying that they would do. So I'll listen to them, and I'll believe them when they say that they will change America if they win both of these elections. So then the question for gun owners becomes, all right, well, how do we make sure that doesn't happen? A couple of things. First of all, we've got some dates to uh, to talk about here. The election itself is January the 5th, but the absentee ballots in this race start going out on November 18th. So just a little more than a week from now, the first absentee ballots will start getting mailed out. The deadline to register to vote in this runoff election is not until December the 7th. Our early in-person voting begins on December 14th, and then again, actual election day in both of these races is going to be January the 5th. So the number one thing that we can be doing as gun owners right now, regardless of whether or not you live in Georgia, is to get involved, make sure that people are registered to vote, make sure that people are engaged to vote. Going to give you two resources. First, Second Amendment Foundation. They're Second Amendment First Responders. You can find out more at saf.org. This is a great way for you to get involved in uh, the Georgia runoff, no matter where you live. You can help ensure that we've got a strong turnout. Also, NRA's uh, Political Victory Fund, nrapvf.org. You can volunteer with their grassroots organization as well. Uh, And this is critically important. We know, we've seen in the 2020 elections that money isn't everything. We talked about this on the program last week. Mike Bloomberg spent over a billion dollars in this election, first to run for president. That didn't go well. Then he spent more than $100 million in Florida to try to turn that state into a Joe Biden victory. That didn't work out well either. He spent millions of dollars trying to flip the Texas State House, failed. Iowa State House, failed. Minnesota State House, failed. The one area in which he may have seen some success was in the Arizona legislature, and even then it's going to be razor thin. So despite the fact that we had a spending disadvantage, we held our own 
in a lot of these races around the country. And we can do the same in Georgia. But again, we've got to ensure that our vote gets out. Now, when it comes to motivating the gun vote there in Georgia, this should be pretty easy because there is a clear distinction between David Perdue and John Ossoff, the Republican and Democrat running in one of these uh, Senate races, and um, uh, Kelly Loeffler and Reverend Raphael Warnock, uh, who are the uh, competitors in the second runoff election. We're going to start with uh, Reverend Warnock, who was endorsed by the Brady campaign uh, in this election. I wrote about this uh, earlier in the election cycle back in uh, July when uh, Warnock was endorsed. And I noted that it was no big stretch for Brady to endorse the Reverend because he's been a reliable voice for gun control for years. Check this out. 2014. Speaking of the Central Presbyterian Church across the street from the state capitol, the Reverend Raphael Warnock of Ebenezer Baptist Church said faith groups are united in their opposition to a bill that would expand carry areas to bars, churches, and government buildings without security. He spoke with other religious leaders as part of the coalition Faith Voices Against Violence. He said you got Baptists and Presbyterians and Episcopalians and Catholics and Jews, and we all agree that's a miracle. Well, Raphael Warnock was disappointed because a slightly different version of the bill was ultimately included in the Safe Carry Protection Act that was signed by then-Governor Nathan Deal later that year, uh, allowing Georgia residents with concealed carry licenses to bring guns into churches that give express permission. Now, Warnock, keep in mind, did not want churches to be allowed to decide for themselves whether or not firearms would be permitted inside those sanctuaries. Yeah. It wasn't going to be up to the reverends or the rabbis or the imams. It was going to be a blanket prohibition on the lawful carrying of firearms in churches. And that was back in 2014. You know, unfortunately, since then, we have seen attacks in churches. We have seen innocent parishioners gunned down in their pews while they were praying. In at least one case, we saw armed parishioners fight back, stopping an attack in the uh, Fort Worth area, before there were uh, more lives lost. That's what happens when good folks can carry in these places. When good folks can't carry in these places, you get a slaughter. Raphael Warnock might not want to admit it, but that is the reality, and he was on the wrong side of history on this issue. Raphael Warnock also um, talked about... uh, Defunding the police this year. Said he opposes defunding the police, but supports a method to, quote, responsibly fund law enforcement. What, what, is, what does that even mean? He said we need to reimagine policing and reimagine the relationships between law enforcement and communities. We certainly need to demilitarize the police so we can rebuild the trust between the police and the community. And yet, while he talks about reimagining policing, Raphael Warnock has embraced old-school gun control laws that rely on things like traffic stops, stop and frisk, to search people, to see if they have a gun, and to see if they are violating any of those nonviolent offenses that are on the books. How big is your magazine? Right? You have a license for that gun. And in many cases around the country, it's impossible 
to get a license to carry, no matter how bad the neighborhood you might live in is. We're watching this play out in Baltimore, Maryland right now, watching this play out in New York City. And Raphael Warnock, again, he's willing to reimagine policing, but he's not willing to reimagine gun control. So there is a clear difference between Reverend Raphael Warnock, who would embrace Joe Biden's anti-gun agenda, and Kelly Loeffler, who would stand up to it. Same with the other race, featuring David Perdue and John Ossoff. This is what the NRA had to say about John Ossoff just a few weeks ago. He's lying about his Second Amendment positions. He was actually, John Ossoff was on the air in Georgia with campaign ads talking about how he would protect the Second Amendment. Yeah. Uh, You elect me, I will defend your Second Amendment rights. It's amazing. Because on his website, John Ossoff talks about supporting a ban on the sale of semi-automatic rifles and high-capacity magazines to the general public. Yep, I'm embracing Joe Biden's gun ban plan. He uh, supports red flag laws that allow for the confiscation of firearms without due process, without you even being criminally charged. All you need is for a judge somewhere to say, you know what, I think there's a 51% chance that this person might be a danger to themselves or others, and you can go and confiscate their firearms. While, by the way, leaving that individual alone. That, to me, is the, the, you know, besides the constitutional concerns about red flag laws, the fact that this is billed as a mental health issue. we got these dangerous people, we're going to do something about them. No, you're not. You're going to take their guns away. You're going to leave them with their matches and their gasoline and their knives and their pills and their rope and their cars and anything else they could use to harm themselves or others. You're just taking their guns away. You're not treating the actual problem at all. Instead, you're going after the gun. This is a gun control law masquerading as a mental health proposal. And John Ossoff's embraced it. He also supports the criminalization of private firearms transfers. You know, the uh, so-called universal background checks, which don't work. They don't work to reduce violent crime because criminals aren't going to go through a background check. You know, in Washington state, they put universal background checks on the books back in 2016. Violent crime has gone up since then. Denver, uh, excuse me, the state of Colorado, universal background checks became the law of the land in 2013. Violent crime has gone up since then. In New Mexico, they put universal background checks on the books in 2018. Yep, violent crime's gone up since then. And in none of those three states, by the way, have there been really any prosecutions, maybe a handful in Washington State and in Colorado, I'm not aware of any in New Mexico, uh, for individuals who transferred a firearm without going through a background check. And by the way, those prosecutions came after the fact. There is no way that a universal background check law can prevent the illegal transfers of firearms. Let me say that again. There is zero chance that a universal background check law can prevent illegal private transfers of firearms. And it makes sense. How are police supposed to know that these private transfers are taking place to begin with? They don't. This is a charge that can be applied after the fact. In most cases, it's a misdemeanor offense. 
The reason why John Ossoff supports this is not because universal background checks work, but because they're politically popular. That's it. You want something that's actually going to reduce violent crime, I can give you a half dozen ideas that'll work better, that are more constitutional, don't involve going after legal gun owners. But that is where both John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock, that's where their mentality is. They're not focused on the small number of violent offenders. They're focused on the much larger universe of legal gun owners. And that's where they're going to focus all of their efforts if either one of them are elected to the U.S. Senate. So if you need to explain this to your gun-owning friends down in Georgia who may not be registered to vote, or those who are, but if they, well, you know, look, it's going to be 50-50, I wish that were the case. Again, from a purely political standpoint, it makes no sense whatsoever. Even if Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff were to win these races, it makes no political sense in a 50-50 Senate to try to do the types of sweeping anti-gun proposals that Joe Biden has in mind. It makes no political sense to do it. But I do not trust Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and Dick Durbin to use any political sense. Especially not when you got Chuck Schumer proclaiming that if Warnock and Ossoff win these races, that they will fundamentally change this country. We change America. That's what Chuck Schumer had to say. Well, why don't we uh, make sure that the Senate doesn't change then? Now, if that happens, and we're able to hold on to at least one of these seats, we're not going to be entirely out of the woods, right? We know that Joe Biden is already making moves administratively. He's going to use the power of the executive action. He's going to weaponize the ATF to go after legal gunners. We know that this is happening. Um, and that's going to be its own fight. But it would be great if we could take Biden's gun ban off the table and we can do that again for at least two years with at least one election victory in Georgia on January the 5th. We'll be talking more about this. I'd love to actually uh, get the candidates on this program. At some point over the next month, we'll be reaching out to, uh, you know what, I'm going to reach out to everybody. I'm going to reach out to uh, Senator Loeffler, Senator Purdue. I'm going to reach out to John Ossoff. I'm going to reach out to Reverend Warnock. I doubt we'll hear from at least half of those candidates, but I'm going to reach out anyway. I would love to talk with them, all of them, about where they stand on our right to keep and bear arms. But uh, in the meantime, Again, whether or not you're a Georgia gun owner, there are things that you can do to get involved in this race. We know that there's going to be a flood of outside money. We know Bloomberg, he's going to be dropping off campaign checks again. And we also know that despite that cash advantage, we can still win. We just have to get involved. We have to be engaged. All right, let's turn our attention now to our good deed of the day, our armed citizen story, our recidivist report. Start there with a uh, situation in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, where over the weekend there was a shooting at a bar that left uh, multiple people uh, 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 injured and killed. Uh, Four people shot at a bar uh, in Rock Hill. According to the Ridgefield Press, the suspect in this case, um, 34-year-old Sean David Durham, a convicted felon, recently released from prison, out on probation at the time. 
A 30-year-old man died in the shooting. A 25-year-old man, 27-year-old man, and a 35-year-old man were wounded. Durham is now facing three counts of attempted murder, possession of a firearm during the commission of a violent crime, as well as possession of a firearm by a person convicted of a crime of violence. He has not yet been taken into custody, at least as of the time that I'm uh, uh, taping this program. Um, But again, you got to wonder, why was he out in the first place? Given the fact that uh, just a short time after his release from prison, he now stands accused of shooting four people at a bar. Our armed citizen story of the day from the uh, great state of Utah, Fox 2. No, I'm sorry. This is a KSL, not Fox 2. KSL in uh, Utah. With the story of a suspected burglar arrested by police after a neighbor who came outside to investigate a commotion ended up confronting that would-be burglar with a shotgun. Mm -hmm. Like most offensive gun uses around the country, Trigger never pulled in this case, but uh, still a, uh, a happy ending here. Investigation began about 11.45 Thursday evening. Police were called to a uh, home. They found 39-year-old Lalaj Rakrik. Might not be pronouncing the name correctly, but I think I am. Lalaj Rakrik, 39 years old. He was lying in the street, blood coming from his face, a knife on the ground next to him. Another man who lives in the area told police that he had heard yelling outside. Heard the sound of windows breaking. And uh, because there had been some uh, burglaries in the area recently, he walked outside with a shotgun to see what was going on. He said he found Arakrik, who charged at him with a knife. Homeowner said he stated that uh, he thought Arakrik was going to stab him. And so in order to protect himself, he uh, hit Arakrik with the shotgun a couple of times. Didn't pull the trigger, but he'd used that uh, shotgun as a uh, blunt weapon. Man told police that the shotgun wasn't loaded, which is why he ended up hitting Arakrik with a barrel of the gun. As police continued to investigate, they determined that Arakrik had broken into a nearby apartment by breaking a window. Affidavit states uh, that Arakrik was yelling and screaming for the victim to open up the door. Both victims advised that once he entered through the window, they both fled from the residence to get to a safe location. The victim advised that he felt that his life was in danger. Arakrik booked into the Salt Lake County Jail on Friday for investigation of aggravated assault and burglary. That neighbor who defended himself with the unloaded shotgun. Yeah, not facing any charges. And uh, I'm glad that the situation ended the way that it did. But um, just keep in mind, you know, if, if, you, if you have that shotgun for self-defense, you need to be able to use it in self-defense if necessary. I'm glad that the trigger wasn't pulled. But I'm also um, a little concerned that the uh, guy thought, well, you know, maybe the appearance of a shotgun will be enough to uh, to thwart this crime. That is not, sadly, always going to be the case. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day. From uh, Fox 2 uh, out of uh, Lake St. Louis, Missouri, where a high school principal helped to save the life of a voter on election day, in the right place at the right time. He was serving uh, at a polling place on election day. According to uh, the school, Assistant Principal uh, Matt Kiesel uh, at the school, making sure election officials had what they needed before the doors opened, and then someone ran in asking if there was a defibrillator because somebody standing in line to vote uh, was having a heart attack. St. Louis man says he was speaking with a voter in front of him when the guy just collapsed. That voter happened to be an off-duty Lake St. Louis police officer and his wife, who's a nurse, 
was there as well. So the couple jumps in, they start performing CPR on the man uh, while somebody else ran inside and asked if there was a defibrillator. Dr. Kiesel runs out with the uh, portable defibrillator. Man was able to regain a pulse just as paramedics arrived, alert and talking with them as they uh, closed the ambulance doors. So again, in the right place at the right time, wasn't able to do the right thing. Not only should we uh, thank Dr. Uh, uh, Matt Kiesel there with the Liberty High School in St. Louis, Missouri, but also, again, that off-duty Lake St. Louis police officer, the uh, nurse in line, able to jump in and perform CPR, all of them in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a stranger there on Election Day. Well, we thank them all for their very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Hey, listen, I do want to just give you a heads up. My plan this week is to do a show every day this week. I'm not planning on taking any time off. However, <clears throat> there is a slight possibility that uh, life will get crazy enough that I might have to take a day. My wife is currently on a road trip. She's uh, going to visit her oldest kids in uh, Oklahoma and uh, is out to help one of them move. So I'm Mr. Mom in it at home uh, with uh, the other kids. Right now, everything seems to be okay. I don't have like toddlers at home, so they they, they should be able to, you know, function for themselves for a couple of hours while I'm doing the show every day. But just on the off chance that uh, you don't see a show for me one day this week, that's what's going on, and I'll be back. Again, I'm not planning on that, planning on being here all five days, but just in case, I want to give you a heads up. All right. Don't forget, you can subscribe to uh, Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a Bearing Arms Cam and Company. You can also check out Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and you can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company as a podcast there. We will, knock on wood, be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, and be free.